We're in a brand new series entitled, What's the World Coming To? And in time, when I was growing up, or actually when I first got saved, I was 17, almost 18, was in a good church, and they kept preaching over and over about this thief in the night. And I just didn't understand much about the thief in the night when I first got saved. And, but the, as they kept going, it kind of evolved. They said you couldn't know the Lord would return, that you couldn't know, no man knows the time of the day. And then all of a sudden they began, a few years later, of describing that we can know a little bit more that the tribulation is close. And as I begin to study, I'm finding that some of the prophecies that were prophesied that reveal to us the tribulation is close is actually upon us. So I want you to open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. Um, look at verse 8 and 9 with me. Because the Bible states that there are certain prophecies that cannot be understood until the end times. That's why I believe we're living in the end times, because now we can understand prophecy so much more. Look what it says in verse 8. And this is not only stated in, in Daniel, but it's also stated in Jeremiah and Isaiah as well. It says this, I heard, but I did not understand. Now, Daniel is talking about the prophecies that he is writing. And he said to the Lord, what shall, the, what shall be the outcome of these things? In other words, I don't understand what's going on. Um, what do these prophecies mean? And the Lord said, Daniel, or go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until what? Notice that phrase? Until the time of the end. Now grab a hold of that. Daniel couldn't understand the prophecies that he wrote about. They're shut up, they're sealed up. But in the end times, those in the end times, they're going to understand these prophecies. Okay, so there's prophecies that only the end time generation is going to understand. Is everybody following me? And all of a sudden, we're understanding these prophecies. So what's that tell you? It tells us that we are living in the last times. God says, Daniel, it's not for you to understand. All it's for you is to write it down. Not understand, just write it down. It's for those in the end time, which it will be, <laughs> amen, mind-blowing, that we're actually seeing and understanding these prophecies. And the reason we're understanding these prophecies, look at your notes here. There's a couple of blank spots there. The reason we understand these prophecies is because one of two reasons. Number one, historical development. Write that in your first blank there, number one. Historical developments. Now, what I mean by that is there are certain historical things that... Let's take the Israelites, for example. Before 1948, when the Bible prophesied about Israel and all of the world marching against Israel, let's just say Russia marching, they didn't understand it because, hey, Israel did not exist. But for us, it's a no-brainer because they've been around for 60 years, the nation of Israel. Um, C.I. Schofield, illustrate this. C.I. Schofield uh, was the first one that published a study Bible. He put the notes at the end of the, of the Bible, into the page of the Bible. He was called a heresy, of course, because... They thought he was adding to the word of God. 
course, he wasn't now. I mean, study Bibles are a dime a dozen. But he said in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, and his Bible was out in 1909, was the first study Bible. And he said, he said, I don't understand the prophecy about Israel. He said, I understand and I believe, I should say, I believe that Russia will invade Israel, try to destroy them, because it talks about that in Ezekiel 38 and 39. I believe that's going to happen. I just don't understand it. Why? Because Russia at that time was a Christian Orthodox nation. How many of you ever thought of Russia as a Christian Orthodox nation? Anybody here? Back then, that's what they thought of Russia. Today, we understand that they're a greedy nation, right? They are trying to swallow up as, many, as much property, and they are allies with all of Israel's enemies. And we can see them fast approaching this end times. Okay, so he didn't understand it. But we, man, it just clicks. We understand how uh, Russia is and Israel is, all right? So that's the first one historical developments, and number two, put on their technical developments as well. The technology of today is crazy. In my lifetime, I never dreamed that I could take my phone and ask it any question I wanted, and I'd get the right answer, (laughs) right? I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we didn't even, I don't want to go too far back, that reveals how old I am, but I mean, how many remember the phone like this? My kids don't even understand this. They think phones have all... They can't, they can't live without their phone. But this is, a, this is the technology that all of a sudden it goes, Whoa, now I understand some of these prophecies where it says they run to and fro, but never, ever discovering the knowledge of the truth. All right? They're able to just travel. I'll say, so these two technologies, the technology, the historical developments... These give us an understanding of the prophecies like never before. And I want to get into five of these. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. But let's, let's take both of those developments, use them as backdrop for what we're going to talk about. Five prophecies that you and I understand today that no one in human history has ever understood before, which tells us because we understand these and so much more. We only have time for five that tell us that we are living in the last days. Why is that important? Because understanding that you're living in the last days, number one, it motivates you to really walk with the Lord. Because when he appears, 1 John chapter 3, very end of that chapter, he says, when, when, when he shall appear, the last thing you want to do is stand before him and hang your head in shame. We want to stand before him in confidence. Can I hear an amen? amen. Confidence. Yes, Lord, I've served you with all that I have. I mean, that's the motivation. Number two, the motivation is, man, you want to reach people because you don't want them going through the tribulation period, which happens after the rapture. We talked about that last week, all right? So the tribulation is upon us. However, praise God, there's more people saved in the tribulation. You're going to hear me say this over and over again. At the last sermon, we're going to go over this and show you why. But there's more people that are going to say than the tribulation than the combination of history of time. Because we have the two witnesses preaching the gospel for 
three and a half years. We also have an angel flying through the tribulation proclaiming the gospel. You have the 144,000 sealed with the, the number of God, and they're preaching. Everybody is going to be able to hear the gospel, and multitudes of people are going to get saved during the tribulation period. Of course, they're going to die as well. <laughs> they're going to die for the cause of Christ, or for their, for their being saved. All right, so let's get into this. Let's go through these five prophecies that we understand today that they never understood before. Number one, tribulation slaughter. Look at your notes there, tribulation slaughter. It says the magnitude of the tribulation slaughter. Now, in Revelation chapter 6 through 9, your notes say Revelation 6, 9, but it's actually chapter 6 through 9. It talks about this great slaughter because of the sealed judgments. Now, I wish we had time to dive into this, these, these judgments because they are fantastic judgments. They're not fantastic that people get killed, but the understanding and what God is doing to reach people in the last days is fantastic. But what we have here, there's a series of judgments uh, called the seals judgments, and where the very first one, fourth of humanity will die. Fourth of humanity. Okay, so... Today we have, well, 2015, the census was uh, 7 billion, point three, seven point three, almost 8 billion people. A fourth of them will die. Just, just to give a, a little thought of the number, World War II, there was like uh, 60 million people that died in that war, okay? The second stage of the sealed judgments, there's going to be a third of the remaining people will die. So I just want you to grab your head, put this in your head. Half, three and a half years, the first three and a half years of tribulation, half of the people on planet earth are going to die. Just think about that for a moment. Half of the United States, gone. You know those movies you've been been watching about the end times, third world war, all this stuff? Listen, (laughs) we're talking true stuff. Half Read that. Half of humanity is gone. I mean, you talk about a judgment. So there's going to be a lot of people that are going to die. How can this possibly be? Before this generation, and we're going to show you some charts here. Before this generation, everybody thought that God would come down and he's going to wipe out half the earth because it has to be supernatural. I mean, how can half of the earth die? Well, all of a sudden, since 1945, we understand with the atomic bomb. Is that, is that correct? We understand with the nuclear capabilities that the world has that this many people can die. Can I hear it? Amen. It, it, it is possible, and it's going to happen because men are going to come at each other. I mean, there's never been a weapon that men have developed that they have not used. And we have them stockpiled. And guess who else is trying to stockpile them and are going after them? We, do we not see it in the news? I mean, isn't the United States' goal is to not let anyone else have nuclear weapons except us? Because <laughs> we're the peacemakers, all right? And so our goal is to keep these out of these people's hands because if they get it, Israel's gone. The Westerns are gone. Can I hear an Amen. I mean, that's what's happening right in front of us. You turn the news on, and that's what's taking place. So before, they never understood it because 
their capability was supernatural, but now all of a sudden it's no longer supernatural. It's naturalistic. And that's what God does. If you look back in the Old Testament, you look, take the Israelites, God used over and over and over. He didn't come down and just judge them, him personally. He used other nations and used their own nation to devour themselves. Romans chapter 1. I'll give you an example of what takes place. Romans chapter 1, the Bible says, when God goes after the, the nations and seeks them and desires for them to repent and they refuse, God steps back, lowers the hedge of protection, and evil runs wild. And what happens is, when he takes back that first step, he lowers the uh, uh, hedge of protection, and evil goes crazy. The first thing that happens is a sexual revolution. Notice what it says. Therefore God gave them up to their own lust of the hearts, impurities, dishonor their bodies amongst themselves. Okay, a sexual revolution. Has that ever took place in our lifetime? I remember, remember, I mean, everybody talks about Woodstock. Well, the 60s, we consider, not me, we consider as a nation, 60s was a sexual revolution. Okay? This is how God judges. He steps back, he lowers the hedge, and then evil runs wild, and this is what t- takes place. Second thing, he continually seeks for people to, to uh, uh, repent, and when they do not, again, he steps back the second time, he lowers the hedge of protection, evil runs wild, and it goes on to say in these verses that homosexual plague is the results of the evil running wild. Thirdly, and this is where I want you to get to, get to. He continues to cause them to repent. They refuse, so he steps back the third time. He lowers it, and men's hearts become evil, and they go after, and they begin to, listen, they begin to destroy each other. Is that not the prophecy that we're talking about? Romans chapter 1, read the verses, they're all there. And this is the one we're looking at. All the world's going to come after each other. They're going to hate each other and they're going to desire to kill each other. And that's the fulfillment of this first prophecy coming true. Number two, the size of the marching, the armies marching towards Israel. Now, what, what does this got to do with anything? Well, in chapter 9 of Revelation, it says 200 million Asians march towards Jerusalem. Now, of course, they're not after Jerusalem. They're after the Antichrist. You have to study to find that out. But what does this have to do with modern signs? Well, in Jesus' day, the population was about 200 million. Century after century after century after century, the population line has just gone like that. Almost level. Everybody follow? Almost level. Up a little bit. So John never understood this prophecy. How could the whole world march against Israel? It's impossible. 200 million marching after Israel. I mean, they didn't understand this and probably till the 18, 1900s. Now look at this. It's insane. Look at the population. It just continues to barely go up until we hit the 20th century. What happened? So I'm just simply saying, during all of this time, 
the 200 million, nobody understood that prophecy. Because that's that, that was a, like the whole world marching against the Antichrist, and that, that conflicts with the rest of Scripture, because he's got everybody following him. But when you think of 9 million people, or 9 billion people, 200,000 out of 9 billion, now we understand. We understand. That's not that big of an army, is it? But back in Jesus' day, back in the 1600s, back in the 1700s, that was an unimaginable figure. What in the world happened that it took off like this? And is there any possible way that God knew this was coming? We all know the answer to that, all right? But look at that. 2000, we finally hit the billion mark. The 20th century, we went from one and a half billion to over six billion in a hundred years. Look how long it took from Jesus' time, all right? 2,000 years, and then only 100 years, the population has just exploded. What do we contribute that to? Modern medicine. Who's the creator of modern medicine? Who discovered modern medicine? God did. But just look, let's look at the dates, okay? 1867, antiseptic operation procedures was developed. 1895, x-rays. What did they do before x-rays? Not until 19, 1897 did they discover aspirin. 5,000 years without aspirin. What? How, how many of you have aspirin on a, you know, once a week? Once a month. Get in the game here, guys. All right? We love aspirin. All right? Insulin, 1921. The greatest discovery of all is 1928 when the first antibiotic was discovered. And that, of course, as we know, was on a tree. It was penicillin. All right? That changed the dynamics of everything. If you are 35 years old, you have lived longer than 20 or 75% of all the people before you. 35. The beginning of the 20th century, guess what the average age was? 47 years old. 47. I'd be dead. The end of the 20th century, guess what? 77 years, all due to modern medicine. Unbelievable. So the prophecy, all of a sudden, now we understand so much that the previous generations didn't know. The previous generations did not see this coming. No way. When the flat line was going that far for that long of a period of time. All right? We now understand Okay, because we're living in it. But I think sometimes we just go about our day minding our own business, trying to make money, trying to raise our kids, trying to read our Bibles, and we miss out on actually what's taking place. There's some crazy stuff happening today. And we need to pay attention because I'm telling you, the tribulation period, as we look at these these things, it's getting closer and closer. You know, just, just the fact that we're getting older and time... We're getting closer to the tribulation period, but I believe it's close, which tells us that not just the tribulation period, but what else, what else is close? The rapture is close. 
All right, number three. Look at your notes there. The display of the two witnesses. Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. Let's all go there. This is fantastic. I want to read several verses to you. It says in verse 3 of 11. And I will grant authority, now I love this, to my two witnesses. Now, this is the beginning of the tribulation period. These guys stand up, and it says, and they will preach or prophesy, which means preach, for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. So the first, the first three and a half years and over that, they are preaching. Jump down to verse 5. And if anyone harms them, well, why would anybody want to harm them? Because the world hates them. Okay? If anyone wants to harm them, they will harm them. Fire comes out of their mouth and consumes them. If anyone would harm them, this would be how he is doomed to be killed. Verse 6. And they have power to shut up the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their preaching. No rain. Three and a half years. And they have the power to turn water in, turn them into blood and to strike the earth. Now, I'm not, with every kind of plague, as often as they desire. So let's go through. So God, in the, in the beginning of the tribulation period, he raises up these witnesses. And the Bible says, after verse 8 and verse 9, it says that the whole world is watching them. I mean, everybody is watching these two witnesses. How's that even possible? We know, right? You take a camera, you film it, and you beam it up to what? <laughs> you beam it up to the satellite. And then the satellite, I mean, all of us watch the Olympics all over the world. Everybody's watching the Olympics, all right? So these guys are prophesying, and these camera guys are zooming in on shooting it up there, and then everybody, I don't know why, but everybody is listening to these two witnesses. The problem is everybody hates these two witnesses, as it goes on to say. The whole world loathes them. They want them to die. But still, every day they turn on their TV to see what these prophets have to say. When the prophets talk, then the news media begins to turn their words around to whatever they want the people to believe. Can I hear an amen? All right? So the point is, is that all of a sudden we have an understanding. These guys are preaching, and the world detest them, want them to die. So the Antichrist rises up to the scene. The Antichrist kills these two witnesses. Boom, they're dead. Follow along. This is right here in Revelation chapter 11. Go home and read it. They're dead. They're gone. They're laying in the streets. But the cameras are still on. The world says they don't want to bury them. They got the cameras right on these two witnesses. They don't want to bury them because everybody is rejoicing. Can you imagine that? Dead bodies decaying, and the world is watching them, and you, 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 you go back to each and every home, and all of a sudden they're having a satanic Christmas, is what the Bible says. They're celebrating because these witnesses and their voices are stifled out. Now, what kind of people are not tolerant to preaching? Are we really going to that direction? Oh, I mean, 
We have preached what we have preached for thousands of years. And now all of a sudden, we're the bad guys. We haven't changed our message. We're still preaching love. We're still preaching the same thing. We preach one man for one woman for one lifetime. Do we not? Have we ever changed that? And now we're the bad guys because we're intolerant. No, you can do whatever you want. We're just preaching God's word as it is to people as they are. Not demanding you change your life. People's relationships is between them and God. We're just the voices. We're not trying to legislate morality. Not at all. Can I hear you, man? We're not. We just want people to have the abundant life. Period. That's it. We want people to enjoy life. We want people to have joy, peace, contentment, happiness. And the only place you find it is God's word. A relationship with the Lord. We're always going to blow it. We're always going to mess up. But God's love and God's grace is there every day to forgive us, to put us back on our feet, and here we go again. It's a fantastic life. We're not judging people. We're just preaching the book. People walk in that door, they belong. We love them. We go after, we, we put our arms around them. We want them to be part of us. And then let the word of God do what it, it does. And it never comes back void. But this is a great scene. So here they're dead. Everybody's celebrating. They're running around giving, giving their Christmas gifts to their neighbors. <laughs> it actually says that. They're celebrating by giving gifts to each other. That these idiots, witnesses, are gone. I don't have to listen to them every day. Well, you could have turned off your TV. But there was something pulling them there. So they kept turning on. So now they're dead. All of a sudden, after three days, God breathes life into these two witnesses. And they stand straight up. The whole world is still watching. Then all of a sudden, the Bible says fear gripped every single person watching. (laughs) Amen. We're celebrating. We're happy that you're dead. You're alive? Oh, no. What's going to happen to me? Because, you know, look at verse, the last verse, verse 15, or verse 13. Okay. And at that hour, there was great earthquake. A tenth part of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake. Now, notice this. The rest were terrified. Yeah, I'd be terrified too. But, however, they gave glory to the God of heaven. <laughs> there was a lot of people that got saved that day. Amen? A lot of people. I mean, hating. And then, can you, can you imagine the emotional roller coaster that the whole world went through during this time? Amazing. Just up and down. And then all of a sudden, they get a glimpse of our sovereign God. They get a glimpse of our sovereign God. That's the third prophecy. We understand this prophecy because of TV, because of the technology. We understand because of the Russians putting the first satellite into orbit. Amen? They did it. We followed. 
Number four. Number four. All right. The animation of the Antichrist image. Revelation chapter 13. I, I'd love to go through this. Uh, this is a fantastic study. But this reveals to us that we're living in the last day. Why? Because we understand this. Where before, they didn't understand this prophecy. The false, we have the Antichrist on the throne. And, and the false uh, priest, he makes this image of the Antichrist. It's some kind of image. And everybody's falling down at this image feet and worshiping the Antichrist. All of a sudden, the Antichrist seemingly makes this image come to life. It begins to walk. It begins to talk. All right? That's what it says in Revelation 13. This image comes alive. Now, the Bible tells us that God is the one that has the capability to bring things to life. Satan doesn't have that capability. So, so everybody reading this before this time didn't understand. But we understand because of the development of technology. Because of transformers, although I'm not a big fan. I, I really like the first two, but after a while it gets kind of old. I mean, is anybody, anybody in the same boat with me? All right, it just kind of gets, you know. But man, it does look like these, these transformers are coming alive. Animation. Uh, Rick Perry gave a speech one time. And he was, he was uh, and I'm just giving this because in, in a university of um, Texas, actually Dallas, Dallas Seminary, or Dallas uh, University, he was given his speech, but he wasn't there. He was going to speak to the scientists that were there. He was over in, in a, I can't remember what I wrote it down here. He was somewhere else giving his uh, speech. He was in Austin, okay? But he was, he was speaking right there. But what it was, it was a hologram. Does anybody understand what a hologram is? Uh, a couple of months ago, I started studying this, and so I wanted to find out a little bit more about a hologram. Some of you geeks out there, do you know what a hologram is? Yeah? Okay, so, so Rick Perry is over, over here, and yet he's speaking here, and he's got this hologram. So these scientists, of course, you know, they know all about this. They're the ones developing. They walk around him. They can see his backside. They can see his front side. He could talk. He could look around and look at him. I mean, so, so anyway, I was, I, was on the, I was on my phone, tells me everything, and there's this band playing, and I mean, they're, they're getting down, and only one person was actually there. The rest of the band, there was four others, were actually a hologram. But I was convinced that it was a whole band playing until the one walked over and went like that right through the hologram. I mean, that's the capabilities that we have. That. So Satan could easily, the Antichrist could easily, I mean, make it look like this beast has come alive to persuade the whole world to follow him. It's powerful. We have that, finally, we have that technology that we've never had before. So you and I understand. I mean, you can't believe anything you see anymore, right? Just can't. Because the picture, it used to be if you had a picture of a man with a woman that wasn't supposed to be with her, that was evidence, right? Not now, nowadays. When you look at it, you can't, we almost can't believe anything we see because of the technology 
that we have today. And of course, number four is uh, the mark, or number five is the mark of the beast. Okay, Revelation chapter 13 talks about this. At the end time, everyone who um, can, uh, no one can buy and sell unless they have the mark of the beast. Now tell me, we're not living in the last day. I mean, we went to Hawaii a few weeks ago. Never, never did I dream that I could put my card in, scan it, and boom, they sucked the money right out of my bank. That fast. Just with that little chip on that card. Now, I don't have any pets, but now they put chips in pets. How many have a pet with a chip in it? How many have a wife with a chip in it? I mean... Okay. I mean, why? Because you know exactly where they're at. So you can't lose them. And on that chip, they're going to be able to scan and know the medical record. I mean, that you do it for your pets. Pretty soon they're going to persuade us, hey, this is the way to go because nobody then can steal your identity. I already do it with prisoners, all right? So I'm just saying, no, I remember when I first got saved, we were trying to figure this beast, Mark of the Beast. How many were trying to figure it out when you were younger? Of course, I'm not talking last year to you young ones, all right? I remember Dr. Dixon going up and trying to explain all this stuff. And he would have Tim LaHaye in, and he had to have all these other great, you know, preachers that preached on prophecy, all these great... And they would try to explain. But man, we don't have to have an explanation. We are living in the day. So let's go back to Daniel. Daniel says this. I don't understand the prophecy. Daniel, it's not for you to understand. You just write it down. Daniel, it will be revealed to them in that last day. How do I know that we're living in the last day? Because for the first time ever, we are the ones understanding these prophecies. And not not just understanding it. I mean, they're clear. We actually can figure out the mark of the beast. We can actually figure out how they're going to do this hologram. We can actually figure out, I mean, the population, 200. I mean, we can, we can see this taking place. As we go on, we're seeing country after country after country. I don't understand all the end times as far as where America's at, but I do know one thing. America's not mentioned in prophecy. That's scary. I still want to be around. <laughs> Amen? I want to be around. But nonetheless, the idea is this. We're living in the last day. And if our God is sovereign enough to be able to prophesy all these things are going to happen and then fast forward and he's actually doing it, we serve an awesome God that, not can, that can just not take care of the big future and the big events of the future. He can take care of our small problems that we think are so huge. Well, yeah, they're big to us, but we have a big God. That's nothing to him to take care of those small financial problems, those small relationship problems, those small thought problems, all those problems that are just enormous to you. Our God is powerful enough able enough, willing enough, longing 
begging, pleading with us to take our weights that we carry around every day, cast them on Him, and let Him deal with it. Why? Because they're a breeze for Him. You weren't designed to carry the load, but here we are carrying them. Here we are every day we're carrying them. He says, hey, man, is it, can you just come to me? Cast all your cares and your worries on me. Come to me. Look what I did in the prophecy. Look what I did in the past. Just give them to me. I'll take care of them. I am God. And he's not just God to us. He's God to everybody. And that's why the tribulation... People look down at the tribulation period and how horrible it is, but I'm excited that people, multitudes and multitudes, the sands of the sea, there's going to be so many people saved during the tribulation period. That's what matters. Our God is reaching out and rescuing them. Rescuing them. Why? Because He loves them. And He loves you. And He loves me. God so loved the world. Guess what? You're part of that world. So you may be here this morning. You may be going through some difficult times. I want to pray with you in just a moment. You may be going through a difficult time with relationships, with your job, finances. There could be a lot of things you're going through. Jesus said this. He said, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have Life, And I love that life. But I love that second thought, abundant life. He wants to give you that abundant life. You probably already saved. If you're here this morning, you probably already trusted Jesus Christ, but maybe not. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ, maybe God has you here for a purpose, and that's to draw you to that personal relationship. If you're not saved, come and talk to me after the service. Let's talk about that you can have that life, and you can have that abundant life. But if you're here and you're, you're struggling, you're going through these problems, I'm going to pray for you. So let's just bow our heads just for a moment. Everyone bow their heads, close their eyes. I, I'm not going to have a traditional invitation. I just want to pray for you. If you're here this morning and God has revealed himself to you, and you, you see how powerful and awesome he is, but you're still going through the struggle. And you'd like for me to pray with you this morning. Listen, can I pray for you? Heads about, eyes are closed, no one's looking. If you're going through something this morning, just lift up your hand and say, Brother Tim, pray for me. I'm going through something. Yes, thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Yes, thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, hands all over. Amen. Yes, thank you. Real quick, anybody else? Yes, thank you. You may put it down. You may put it down. Thank you. Maybe you hear this this morning. And you're not sure about your relationship with Christ. You're not sure that you're saved, but you'd like for me to pray with you. Just lift up your hand. I'll see it, and I'll pray for you as well. Lift it up real quick. Lift it up, back down, I'll see it, and I'll pray for you. You're just not sure that you have this salvation thing down. You're not sure that you have this relationship with God. Anyone anyone like that here this morning? Anyone like that? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We just thank you so much for your word. Thank you how, I know we didn't dive into the Bible, Lord, like we normally do, but but Father, we have seen historical events and we've seen the technology that actually goes hand in hand with with your word. It's revealing to us where we're living in this last time. Father, I pray this morning for all these that raised their hands. God, I don't know what they're going through. Don't even 
don't even want to guess. But Father, you know. You know exactly what they're going through. Father, I pray that today they would take 1 Peter 5, 7. They'd take it to heart and they would come to you even now and then say, Lord, here's my problem. I'm giving it to you. Lord, I'm trusting you to take care of this. God, I pray that you would help them to do exactly that and then to walk away leaving it in your hands, Lord. God, work a miracle in their life. Give them the faith. Give them the strength to be able to cast all these worries on you. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name.